Ryan, welcome to the Hero's Journey Economy podcast. Today's guest is Adrian Dayton. Adrian Dayton is an internationally recognized speaker on social media and business development. He's a frequent contributor to Forbes magazine, and he's founder and CEO of Clareview Social, which is a SaaS business platform that makes it easy to get professionals sharing to social media and is currently in use by over 45 thousand professionals in firms worldwide. Some of Adrian's recent articles have been about change and adaptability during these COVID-19 times. Thought he'd be a great guest to have because he brings a unique perspective to the hero's journey. So let's welcome Adrian Dayton. Hello, Adrian. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Great to be on here. Really liked your article a couple of weeks ago in Forbes, and it was interesting because the first line in there was the quote from Joseph Campbell. That's also the quote I use at the top of my website. So no one can look at COVID-19 as being a good thing. It's impacting all these people, but it does force people to kind of step out of their comfort zone. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I I think about when when all of us are are continuing on in our normal lives, everybody is kind of hoping and praying that life will not take any turns, that there won't be any bumps in the road. We just all hope for this this life of smooth sailing, let's say. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that life would be, I mean, not only would it be a boring life, it it would be a life with very, very little in the way of personal growth. It tend to seek comfort, but at the same time, um, we're not really growing if you do that. Your bicep is strengthened when you, it's taxed in the gym or, or in a, it is those times when we're very uncomfortable where we tend to grow the most. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's the right way to think about it. I mean, if you, if you ask someone, do you want to progress? Do you want to grow? Do you want to change in positive ways throughout your life? Everybody's going to say to you, yes. But if you ask them, you know, what form would you like that growth to take? Almost everyone would also say, you know, just slow, steady progress that's never too uncomfortable. Yeah, right. But, yeah. but, but, but it's like, like the reality warm, is like, di- yeah. like slink, sinking into a nice warm bath. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, you know, you know, everyone would run, everyone would run marathons if the training just required, you know, 15 minutes a day of easy jogging. Yeah. But I think the reality of life is that growth is, is far lumpier. It's not always upwards. And it comes in kind of these moments, challenge and these moments of change. And this is something that I, that I, that I believe strongly in, but I, I didn't even realize it when I was younger. So, you know, when I was 19 years old, uh, I went to the deserts of Chile, the Atacama Desert, um, to be a missionary for my church. I look back at it now and pivotal moment of my life where I went through something intentionally difficult. Most of it was miserable, but the moments that were great, right? The payoff and the way I changed and was transformed through that, you know, made it up to that point in my life, one of the most valuable experiences, you know, I'd ever, you know, I'd ever faced. Yeah, that is strange, right? When you're going through it, it certainly isn't fun. It tends to be a retro retrospective view of things. I'm the same way. Some of the most difficult things in my life that I wouldn't really wish uh, <laughs> to happen again were times where I kind of stressed me to change or provided me a, a much broader perspective of what things, you know, maybe opened my eyes to certain things. And, and I guess what we're going through now will have that same effect on a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think that there's kind of this, a lot of people are very cynical about this concept of, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Because the truth is that the things that make us stronger are things where there's true danger, right? Where there's true risk. And so things that have the potential to make us stronger, almost in every incident, have the possibility of, of injuring us, right? And possibly injuring us, I don't want to say permanently, but in a very meaningful way. And it is human nature to usually not be, to not be injured by those things. But we're, we're so resilient that, that we typically grow in ways that are unexpected from those challenges. I take a look at Joseph Campbell wrote about. I don't know if he had a lot of if his if his book was as famous then. I guess it was, but if now it's it's. I think people are revisiting his his writings and saying we might have overlooked this person. I think people are kind of coming into his analysis of myth and the hero's journey and saying, okay, th- this has this has maybe a lot more merit than maybe we thought, and it applies to a much broader. I think there were niche people that were very interested in. It. But now it seems to be a lot of the things I think he discovered in these cultures is very applicable today. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think that there's, there's a tendency in the way we talk about this hero's journey that we're all on to use platitudes, right? Like there's this saying, you know, take joy in the journey. But, but the reality is, I mean, if you're in it, if you're really in this hero's journey, there's going to be parts of it that, that are that there's no joy in right like there's going to be parts where you're tested and you're tried and and you're very very uncomfortable and and so the idea isn't necessarily take joy to take joy in the journey but just to recognize that you're on a journey and and that's what i love about this is once we recognize it it's going to change the way we make decisions when we're facing it. In movies and stories, oftentimes it's, uh, it looks like all is lost, but you're sitting there in your chair and you really know that Rocky is going to do okay in the fight. (laughs) Or, or, you know, the classic Luke Skywalker who studied, you know, that George Lucas studied, you know, the hero's journey and really took it and said, okay, I'm making an epic uh, science fiction story based on that. Verbatim, he kind of, he said, okay, this this is the cadence of the movie. The call to action, there's this resistance to that call. That's pretty common. It's a lot scarier than people might. Platitude and the romanticism really lets on. When you're in these things, you don't know really what's going on. It, you know, you don't know it's going to be successful. It doesn't always have a happy ending, and it's it, it can be downright terrifying while you're going through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, I think that's encompassed in this concept that I've also written about. That you know, a snake that doesn't shed its skin will die you know, that, that we need to be reborn and for us to be reborn and, and change in a way that's very meaningful, then there has to be a death, right? There has to be, we have to pass through something that, that forces us to change because if what we're going through isn't painful, isn't hard, we're not going to have the motivation to, to change, to make those hard decisions and, and to make those major transitions. Yeah, it's, it's like Tom Hanks said in, uh, they said baseball's hard, and he goes, it's supposed to be hard. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it was, and, and they're like, it's supposed to be hard. That's the whole thing. If everyone could do it, everyone would be doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think that you mentioned the fact that, that people are waking up to this concept, and, and nowhere is that more, is that more visible than, than in the physical fitness space, right? It used to be there was this very small subset of, 
of people that ran marathons and ran half marathons because it was painful and hard and just too challenging for people, for some people. But, but now we have, you know, we have Spartan races, we have the tough mudder races, we have, you know, probably 10 times the number of, of challenge, physical challenges and people choose these, they choose these on purpose because, and it's not about the race. It's about the transformation that needs to happen for them to for them to be able to achieve the, the, these races. They are definitely designed to take you out of your comfort zone, right? You know. Yeah, and so I mean, I think, you know, I think one of my favorite personal stories about you know being pushed or tested was, you know, I graduated from law school in two thousand eight, so you know, not great timing, but fortunately, I had a great job. I'd been hired as a corporate lawyer doing corporate M&A work in Western New York and the economic downturn hit and six months into this job, me along with most of the associates, I mean, I was laid off and I still remember, you know, calling my wife and she was crying and I said, you know, honey, it's okay. You know, I've got this idea. I'm going to start a business teaching lawyers how to use social media. And, you know, she, she cried harder, but <laughs> she was, she, she was very supportive. Um, and for the next few months, uh, I made no money. I mean, not really. And I worked harder than I'd ever worked before. I was more focused than I'd ever been before. I wrote my first book. I started a blog. I started a podcast and, and that consulting business within 12 months took off. And I was making double what I had been making as a lawyer. And, you know, that transformation, my plan had been to work as a lawyer for four years and then start a business, right? I had this plan of a way that my transformation into an entrepreneur was going to be comfortable. Yeah. But mo- most often transformation is, is never comfortable. And I just think like, what a waste it might've been if I had stayed in a job I hated for four more years so that I could, so that I could comfortably transition. I mean, losing my job was, it was the best thing that that's ever happened to me besides, I don't know, like meeting my wife or, or, you know, my, having my kids. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Um, in terms of transforming me, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me, you know, as they say in the hero's journey, right. It sent me down a path that I would never recover from unless I changed. Yeah. And, and, and I, I worked harder and I became better than I was when I lost my job. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we are in one of these uh, situations where it, we don't know what's going to lie ahead. And, and you take a look at the unemployment rules and what's, what's your sense? Are you optimistic about that? This will be an event just like the event. You, I mean, this is more macro, but it's, it's going to impact. Well, it could act, impact billions of people, really. Um, definitely yeah. tens of millions in the United States. I think 20 million people have already applied for unemployment. But are you optimistic that that this will have some kind of light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, uh, when we, t- we talked earlier about how great growth, real growth happens – when there is danger, yeah. right? When, right? The, the, the Campbell quote, 
the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek, most people never choose to enter that cave because it's dangerous and or deadly and, and you may never escape. And so I, I want to kind of preface what I say with the fact that, you know, right now we're in a global crisis. The recession or the depression, that doesn't even, that, that, that comes next, right? Yeah. We're not even in, we're not even in the recession or depression yet. That, that comes next. Yeah. And, and, and there's going to be a lot of casualties, not just the people dying from COVID-19, which, you know, and, and the healthcare workers, which is, which is a huge tra- tragedy, but also the people that are pushed into poverty and, and, and that, um, you know, end up having mental health issues or, or abuse or, or you know, all, all the negative, nasty things that, that will result from, from, the, from the depression or recession that comes after. But, but the place, and after that, negative, I know, but, but, but the place where the, where, where the positive is, is that so many people that are going to be pushed to their limits and tested are going to come up with new innovations. They're going to reinvent themselves. They're going to be inspired to become doctors or scientists or, I mean, think of all the amazing innovations they came out of, you know, out of 2008 and the last recession we had. You know, you had social media that emerged. You had, I mean, all these other great technologies and, and you know, multi-billion dollar companies that were started because people had, had, had no other job opportunities. And so they just got innovative. Yeah, they just got an idea, and, right? Yeah, and, and the hero's journey, it resonates so much with all of us because we all know we have the potential for greatness. We have the potential to be heroes. And, and, and what we're going to see, whether it's six months or 12 months from now, or maybe it's going to take three years for us to look back on it, is this crisis is going to create heroes that are going to do some amazing things. And mankind is going to come out of this stronger than ever and society will come out, out stronger than ever and there will be pain right there will be danger but 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 we will emerge stronger with with and and we will create heroes just like every other great tragedy you know in human history has done yeah well i i share that and i hope you're right i imagine that there's going to be some people coming out of this saying maybe similar to what john f kennedy did for for uh, some people as far as getting into politics, I would imagine there's a whole realm of people that are going to say, you know what, I want to help out the next time this happens. Or I, I, you know, I think I have leadership abilities that could, we tend to elect politicians that I think come, come equipped that look good on TV and, and fit yeah. a certain mode, but it's just like, you know, maybe the next person we're looking at, you know, the next person that runs, maybe not this election, the next election will be someone who's like, has a list of crisis management to their, to their name that just like, okay, you know, if something goes wrong, and I think maybe back in the day, that's what we did. We voted for people that were good at crisis, right? But, uh, and there haven't been a lot of tests in this, that, you know, everyone's harking back to World War II or the Depression that we've actually faced something like this before. So I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. It's, but you're right. We're going to have to be going through some pretty difficult times. There could be some great transformation that happens here. Yeah, I sure hope so. One of the big triggers of the Renaissance was, unfortunately, uh, a much more deadly plague. 
it was one of the factors. Mm-hmm. But what happened was after that, uh, there was a the, there was a wealthy society left. Even the peasants were well paid because there were less yeah. people. Around, and there was ample food. It started a mercantile class. It started investment in things. There was maybe a, a little bit more questioning of authority, so people kind of took personal responsibility for. So th- there's a lot of similarities, right? And it was it was an awful time, but from that blossomed the Renaissance. And what what I'm hopeful for is, you know, now compared to maybe the Renaissance, there's a lot more tools at people's disposal. Like a fun, some of the things you can do from starting a business. An example like MIT's curriculum is all online. You know, you can't get the course credit. But mm-hmm. it's all online. <laughs> you could you could actually like take you know read the books, review the class notes, um, maybe even sit in some of the lectures, right? and it's all available. It, there seems to be a, an abundance of information and opportunity, much more than maybe the Renaissance or even during the Depression, for people to aid in these shifts, right? If you want, you know, if there's a lot of different tools and, and capital available to people, either GoFundMe or different things that never existed before that hopefully can supercharge some of this, that, you know, it's a platform from which a lot of these things can launch from. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and, and that's that, I think that's such a great idea. Just this, you know, the vast majority of the world has global access to, to the internet yeah. and they can learn and be innovative and create from their homes. You know, even if this had hit 15 years ago where, you know, or 20 years ago when only a smaller percentage of, of, of Americans even had internet. I mean, just think about it. We didn't have delivery services. We didn't have, you know, I mean, we're far better able to, to kind of cope with what we're going through now. And, and I feel it's, it's going to help us prepare well, you know, for the next pandemic, you know, that might be more deadly or the next crisis that might be worse. I mean, you know, the changes we're individually going through and society's going through, it's just going to be interesting to see, to see what we, you know, how we come out of this. Yeah. You know what's going to be fascinating too is the stuff we leave behind. Sure. There's yeah. Gonna be things, I'm yeah. sure there's th- similar to maybe how people fighting world war two, maybe looked at the roaring twenties with kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, a skeptical eye at maybe the last decade or two, like how we lived our yeah. lives. Like let's pick let's pick on something like the keeping up with the Kardashians. We may look at that show in a couple of years and go, mm, that probably wasn't our best. Or you know you know what I mean? Just like yeah. the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean to pick on them, but there might be some things that people fixated on, whether it's avocado toast or whatever. That you know, you look at it and go, mm, uh, that was pretty silly. It may not be part of what moves forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I have a friend who's very cynical about you know, capitalism and said, well, you know, is, is capitalism going to change? Well, I mean, it's not going to go away yet may change in some ways, but, um, you know, I mean, I think these, these are, these are the questions everyone's asking. And I had a lot of meetings with other business owners, you know, just with round tables and things I'm part of. And the one common feeling from everyone is, is the unknown, right? This uncertainty. Um, and you know, in every movie, in every great hero's journey, there's the wise guide, right? That can guide you through it. Yep. But this situation is unprecedented, right? We've just never been in a situation like this. Yeah. And so yeah. it really kind of begs the question of, you know, what you know, what is going to happen next? And 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 that's part of 
you know, that's part of the danger. But, but, but we know, we know there's going to be major changes and, and the people that are resilient are going to be, you know, well-equipped to deal with what comes next. And maybe that's young children and they seem to be adapting to this. They're, they're online taking their classes and they're, they're kind of going with the flow here. And the one thing they're going to be getting out of this is, um, I think they're going to have a skill set of adapt, you know, adoption and, and being able to pivot on different things and roll with the punches. I think a lot more than maybe previous generations, you know, previous maybe the last couple generations, not right. not, not the not the World War II generation that really uh, kind of embodied the American spirit. Let's let's keep them separate. But you know, maybe the last couple generations that. Uh, are struggling with maybe the information society and struggling with maybe struggled from moving from an agricultural to a product to a service organizations and, and competing globally for jobs and that type of thing. Like, I think it will be hard to surprise the generation coming up based on what they're facing now. I think they're going to be a hardened bunch of individuals. This situation will not be maybe remembered well in their life, but will serve them well in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, I mean, when have we had a truly global crisis, you know, since World War II? You know, when have we come together as, you know, an entire planet? And, you know, we're all just, we're all living through history. And, and unfortunately, sometimes history, you know, can be boring or involve, you know, you know, more streaming video than you probably expected. But, I mean, everybody's going to look back on this time. Yeah. And, um, you know, whether it's with nostalgia or with dread, uh, it's going to be remembered. And, you know, kind of living through history is pretty exciting, you know? I mean, who wants to live a life where nothing happened, right? Who wants to watch a movie where nothing happens? And sometimes we just have to be, like, thankful that, uh, you know, thankful for what we have and, and that we get, get to be part of something that is that's pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah, my dad grew up. He was too young for World War II, but he had, like, this – he just witnessed – you know, he was born in 1930, so he was young during the Depression – like a young boy, I guess, um, during World War II, like 14 to 16 years old, started. You know, some of the stories he, t- he would tell, you know, I think he got his license when he was 12 because he just needed people to drive people places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was an awful time. But at, at the same time, I, like he was he was an eyewitness to some amazing things at yeah. the time, you know, and, and like right. the paper every day was just like, you know, it was it was what we read in history books. And uh, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you being on, on, the, on the podcast today. My pleasure. And I think your perspective is, is one that uh, is very healthy because I think there's, there, there's not a lot of people to have this perspective right now because of all the things going on. But history has taught us, and you're kind of saying it um, very coherently, that we're going to get out of this and we're going to be stronger for it. appreciate this perspective you're bringing today because I think it's, uh, this is scary to a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's also human nature. We want to be in control, right? Yeah. And and a lot of people, you know, they have a measure of control, and so so they think they're safe. Um. But but I do think there, you know, there are a lot more there are a lot more surprises in store. I mean, some people think that that the the quarantine or the stay home orders are going to be lifted, and everything's going to go back to normal. Um, but, but I, I think normal is quite a long ways away. Yeah, I do too. And, and I think it, that's, it's going to be an interesting time to see, I'm trying to think of a, 
you know, one movie that kind of depicted this well, it was kind of the backdrop to the movie was uh, Cinderella Man, and it was all about this boxer during uh, the Depression. And what the movie did a very good job of was depicting the life, but also a recognition that like two or three years earlier, everyone was living much differently. <laughs> You know, and yes. uh, like his manager lived in this penthouse apartment and like over time he had to sell all the furniture just to keep the apartment and, uh, you know, and sell all his clothes. And it was and I think some people look at the depression and go, oh, that was really bad. But right before it, it was awesome. And it had to be to, to go through that and kind of go, OK, are we wait, are we ever going to get back to where we were? That, and that's what I think part of the theme of the movie was, was, you know, uh, people were just looking for hope and this boxer provided it. But it was an interesting perspective because I think sometimes they show the, you know, the pictures of the depression, but not that it was like, you know what, two or three years earlier or a year earlier, things weren't like this at all. And that lens or that trans that situation had to be really terrifying for people that you know, had a job, had a house, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's 20 percent, 30 percent unemployment and uh, the world yeah. is just much darker, right? much, right. much different. And I think that's kind of how we're. We're going right now. When are we going to get back to some normal things? But you're right. That's that to be experienced, but it's not going to be as fast as any of us would like. Yep. Yep. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, no, I really appreciate you uh, being on today. Where can we find you uh, if someone wants to follow what your writings are or, or, or your books? Where, yeah, where yeah absolutely. Well, one thing I haven't mentioned, uh, mostly because it just wasn't really relevant to the conversation, is that um, I'm all, I'm the founder of a software company uh, yeah. called Clearview Social. Yes. And and our whole mission at Clearview Social is we want to inspire professionals to to serve through through sharing, right? We want to help them step up to be leaders, and and the way they can be leaders is by sharing their knowledge, um, writing. Uh, and sharing to social media. And, and we have a software product that helps medium and large size organizations empower their professionals to share professional content to their social networks to help, you know, grow, grow both their companies, you know, and their personal brands. And so if you want to learn more about that, you can go to clearviewsocial.com. Um, historically, we've never given, uh, you know, free trials of the software. There, um, but with everything that's going on, we've actually opened up Clearview Social um, to where you can get a free 60 days to use this for your organization because we know everyone's trying to get these message, important messages out, and 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 we want we want to make this available um, so that can be a little easier. Well, that's great you're doing it. So that's ClearviewSocial.com. That's correct. Yep. Okay. That's and great. then you can find me on on you know LinkedIn or Twitter. You know Adrian at Adrian Dayton. And, and then I'm, I'm, you know, writing pretty regularly on social media and leadership uh, for, for Forbes. Okay, great. Hey, thanks for, uh, you know, I wish you and your family well during this time. And I appreciate you taking uh, you the well. time. And I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks.